I think there, I think I, there, I, there's, there's a guy, listen a guy to listen to in Canada. In his Canada, name is Ken. 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 And he calls himself, he calls himself the Scarborough, Scarborough dude. dude. And he always talks, he always about, talks toots. about toots. He takes a toot of his joint. I never heard anybody say toot. He might be an older term. I'm not sure. Take a toot. 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 should take more responsibility for their own security in the wake of a major bomb attack on a hotel in the capital, Mogadishu. At least 15 people have been killed by two car bombs at a heavily guarded uh, hotel called the Sahafi Hotel. A spokesman for the UN mission in Somalia, Joe Contreras, says that the assault is more evidence of the threat posed by al-Shabaab. Today's blast and the attack on the Jazeera Hotel in late July do pay some tribute to their continuing ability to organize serious terrorist attacks. Having said that, al-Shabaab has lost control of a lot of territory. All right. Although security in Somalia I guess we've had enough of the news, maybe. This is uh, 4 p.m. on November 1st, 2015. Our new prime minister gives us some hope. But uh, let's say we've had enough of the news, okay? Uh, I'm in Thompson Park. It's a, kind of a blustery fall day. There, it was nice for a while. There was a really short window when the sun was out and the leaves had just come alive, you know, in the sunlight. Uh, but I missed it. I was uh, putting out a podcast. I had to uh, get it in to upload it and then, you know, do the XML file and all of that stuff. So I've been listening to it, and of course it put me to sleep. I fell asleep and woke up when the song came on rather loudly, JB and the Playboys, and whoa, whoa. That was, uh, that was a bit of a jarring moment. I used to, when I was recording these podcasts, really take so much time and care choosing the songs. And it's not well, it is that I don't do that anymore. Um, I, my method for quite a long time now has been to load up all the songs. Probably there's about, well, more than 6,000, I don't know, 8,000 songs on my uh, uh, old MacBook. And then I just hit the shuffle button. And if it comes up to a Dixon Jane's podcast, of which there are a lot... All right, we skip that, and I just hit the uh, shuffle again, you know, fast forward, bam, next tune, next tune, next tune, until I come to something I like. Now, very often, it might be a song by 
an artist I like, and I said, oh, oh, there's an idea. For example, uh, Matthew Southern Comfort came up, and then I realized, okay, I don't want that particular song, but maybe another song by Matthew Southern, Matthew Southern Comfort would be good here, and I'll just go that way and uh, find it. So there is there is a choice. I mean, you know, I can I can zip through fifty, sixty songs before I settle on what is the song I want. It's not random. Bam, you get this, you get that. Everything I put in is something I really want to share with you. Uh, but it's not like in the earlier days, I'd have to listen carefully to what I was talking about and then try and find a song that either fit that topic somehow or maybe fit just the overall mood of whatever it was. And now it's just, no, this might sound good here. So I'm, I'm a lot looser, I guess, with the podcast. With This is Baby Sally Talks I'm talking about or... Baby Sally's dick or whatever. I called it on my uh, Twitter just now. Uh, Sally Baby Box. It's another good one. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's what's out there. So I've just put one out and here I am. You know, it's been out for an hour and I'm already recording next week's podcast. But uh, I wanted to do that. Today was Sunday, so it was a church day. Uh, I made a lot of notes. I don't know if I brought them with me. During the service, they'll be reading out poetry and they'll be sharing thoughts. And my mind wanders. And sometimes it, it just is triggered by something that is being said. And I thought, oh, 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 that makes me think about this. Yeah, it looks like I don't have that little slip of paper handy. Uh, but it doesn't really matter. It's <laughs> I made the notes because that's what my brain has to do. I really am a visual person. And, and if somebody's standing up reading a poem, I cannot appreciate it. I have to actually, oh, here it is, see that poem in writing to appreciate it. Now, if I was seeing the poem and hearing somebody say it, that could work. But uh, somebody... Resetting a poem on their own. No way. We're having a number of guest speakers coming up because I'm delighted to hear that uh, Greta and Scott are going to have a bit of a holiday and they need the break. Uh, CBC was there today, by the way, uh, for, um, oh my God, oh, a woman's show, not a woman's show, a show by a woman on CBC, a show I know so well, and uh, one of her... Uh, Guys was there with a uh, recorder and recording the service and then interviewing people afterwards and before and was going to try and interview Greta. Uh, and But he was also going to be doing the other side, the other people in the United Church who want her out. Uh, so that's going to be interesting. Uh, why did I not? I mean, it's just, it's this brain of mine. Like when I left home... I asked my wife if she wanted me to cook the ribs, and she said, well, you know, do whatever you want to do. I won't be home. And then I was, oh, shit. She told me yesterday I won't be home tonight. Sunday I'm going out. I've got an event at church. I'm not going to be there. Or not at church, sorry, at where she works. And I thought, I'm going to have forgotten that. And, you know, and it's just the, sometimes, I mean, I'm absent-minded anyway, unless it's something that really concerns me, you know. But I, I write things down. In my, on the iPhone, you know, in uh, iCal, to remind me. 
I mean, I'm never going to forget. I've got a class or church on Sunday. Uh, now I just put in five new items. One of the people in the church who's a, uh, I guess, a retired professor. I told you about this elderly man, elderly Chinese gentleman who's written books, produced films, and is a very bright and very interesting man to talk with. Well, his wife is also very highly educated, Ph.D. in Chinese studies, I guess, and is taught all over uh, at universities. And she's agreed to do a five-session talk on Chinese philosophy because there seems to be an overlap with the Chinese philosophy uh, and approaches and what our church is doing, this idea that you really don't need God to, uh, to sort of guide your life. I suppose that's one way of putting it. And that's going to be wonderful. I mean, this is a, she's a wonderful, kind woman. I talked to her today. She's just got a, a sweetness and a, a gentleness, but again, a, a well-educated person. So it, it's the kind of thing that's going on. And again, maybe oh, he's going to church. That's going to be boring. Come on. Get serious. This, this is something special. So now I've got written in green pen, so I can hardly see... Uh, Greta talked today about the growing religious intolerance. Again, more people, you know, we, you know, being hacked by uh, sabers and machetes for daring to print or utter or say or blog about something that doesn't fit with their stupid view of their pig-headed religion. Thank you. Um, I had to be. I was asked to be a sidesman today, and I use the term sidesman because it seemed like it was something important. When, my, when I went to church as a child, oh, Dad had to be the sidesman today, which meant he had a suit on. Well, the sidesman is a person that just passes around the collection plates. I don't know if there's anything else to it. And because I sit in the back, I'm sometimes asked. This was the second time. And I always sort of want to say no thank you, but of course I can't. There's no reason. There's just four of us stand up, and, you know, there's two... Uh, there's a few aisles, and you just sort of walk down one aisle, pass the plate along. The guy on the other side passes his plate towards you. Now, I didn't figure out the system. I sort of just walked down the aisle and sort of was ready to catch the people on the edge. And I can't believe that I'd be so stupid to not realize the purpose of having one on either side of a long row of chairs or pews is so... It can be passed along, and people just hand the plate to each other and drop in their little envelope or some money. Uh, I put in $5 and was very embarrassed to see everybody else was putting in 20s. But then I think, well, maybe they don't come every week. I don't know. So I put in $10 for the lunch instead. Um, anyway, I did that, but it took me back to the days when I was just so uncomfortable about church. And again, I think I have a reason for coming here so that I can find comfort and be myself. It's as if I'm putting myself in a situation with other humans who I didn't know to start with. I do now, quite a few of them by name. And to be myself in that community. Um, today, I also gave... Um, Scott, the husband of Greta Vosper, the minister, uh, a copy of Dixon Jeans. I said I would. And then all throughout the service, I thought, well, that's kind of stupid. They're going to think it's stupid. They've got other important things to do, and they don't want to be reading this. And why would I bother him with this? And But at the same time, part of me wanted to show, hey, look what I'm doing. 
I'm doing something that I think on one level is worthwhile. So uh, by the end of the service, I decided, no, I'm not giving it to him. And then when I saw him over a cup of coffee in the uh, the breakout room, sort of the casual lunch sort of area of the church, I handed it to him and he rolled it up, scrolled it up and uh, had it in his hand when I last saw him. Uh, they're going off on holiday. I was kind of hoping he'd take it with them. Uh, and then another man came up to me, and he was carrying a book. He probably was close to my age, and he just engaged in some very fast conversation that was pretty quick, that kept me on my toes to, you know, fire back. And, you know, one of the first things he talked about, something about just the name The Incredible Spring Band came up. And then he looked at me and he said, you're... you're uh, you're probably old enough to remember them. And I, you know, fired back, oh, my God, Big Ted's Dead was one of my favorites. And, and we just it kept going. And then when I sat down just before the service began, he came back beside me and started talking. And it was philosophy and um, views and, and topics that I just I could hardly keep up with. He was really going pretty fast. But. At the end, just before the service started, he was leaving to sit somewhere. I didn't see him again after that. I said, would you mind, could you take one of these? And I handed him a Dixon Jane's also because I felt it was good to give it to a stranger. I just liked the idea of one person not going to go out in the streets of Toronto and hand this out on a street corner. Don't worry. Your story, your poems, your personality, your private life is safe. This was somebody in the church today. But I just felt this... Yeah, that makes sense. Scott and Greta mean number 50 of copies I've given out this unknown person from the West Hill United Church, who only sometimes comes, was number 51. I said, I got my email in there, write to me. And uh, who knows, it's kind of, I just thought it was a neat thing to do. And uh, it's certainly, the stuff that's in there certainly fit with some of the stuff he was talking about. All right. It's not the end result, but the process, we've heard that a lot on this podcast. I guess one of the other thoughts that came up, I had, I don't know if I did mention it. Just thinking that the church needs talking times, not just on the Sunday when we listen and, you know, join in when we can and then have a chat over coffee and dessert, but like an evening session. And I thought I wanted to volunteer I wanted to sort of almost have a men's group. Like, hey, wouldn't it be neat just Tuesday nights? We just sit around and we just talk. People who want to talk. And for some reason, I thought I would be a good person to lead this. And then I heard at the beginning of the service, somebody got up and very excited to announce a very distinguished person was going to give a series of talks Tuesday night about Chinese religion. And I suddenly thought, wow, this, number one, is what's needed. And number two, who am I to think that I had anything to offer? And what nerve am I? And how much out of proportion is my sense of my own value? Like it was one of those, you know, I'm just like an elevator, just up and down and up and down. I mentioned on the last podcast, the Saturday night at the, at the uh, I was going to say the Holy Cafe, the only cafe 
<laughs> That's a good one there. Holy Cafe. It has that wonderful Buddha, huge Buddha statue in the in the front on the bar. It's beautiful. I hope it's never lost or broken. Um, feeling really high, but probably because I just had a toke, but felt somebody. I felt the Scarborough Dube was a personality who people would like to listen to and, and hear his stories. And then in church today, I was humbled. Well, here is somebody, a professor of Chinese studies, who really does have something very real to say. Now, the nice thing was, as we walked down the aisle together, this lady, Wen, and myself, or Wei, I'm sorry, Wei and myself, uh, towards, because you greet the minister and other guest speakers on the way out. She said, it's very nice to have somebody like yourself come into these talks because you've lived in Japan and know a lot about it. And somebody else came up to me after and said, Ken, I enjoyed your talk so much about Nigeria because it was so personal. So again, it's kind of this out of whack. I just don't have a sense of who I am. And I guess, and boy, here we go. This is exactly part of the conversation I had with that gentleman I handed this copy of Dixon Jeans to. This sense of, who am I? Who is this self? And I'm sort of saying there's, it's a false construct, this idea of personality. But still, we, we need, it serves a purpose. It's how we interact with each other. But mine seems to be like, it needs some tuning. It's something like the needle jumps all the way to one end and then zoom all the way back to the other. You're worthless and useless. And wow, you're great and special. And whoa. And there's never this sense of it, just that needle being somewhere in the middle, calmly holding steady at a fixed point of this is who you are, man. Be comfortable with that. And I just can't seem to get to that point. I just seem to be all over the bloody place on that. So there we go. I guess um, this uh, these notes didn't really hand anything out. Uh, here's something. Uh, judging for our creative efforts. Thinking of my photography friends, and, and this relates to what I, the theme that we're on. I think of Rob Balser out in, uh, well, formerly Singapore, now in Thailand, who takes amazing Scenery and street photography, and, and I admire him for his skill at doing the street photography because he can get right up at somebody's face, and the lighting is perfect, the composition is perfect, and he just, he's got a real eye. Now, I've known Rob since Japan days. Actually, before that, we were in college together studying TESOL, 1982. Oh, uh, gosh, yeah. What was that? 1982 to 2002? Holy shit, that's a long time. 35 years? 25 years, maybe. I can't even do that simple math anymore. All right, 82 to 2002, 20 years. 2002, 2012, 30 years. 2012, 2017, 35 years. Okay. Um, And he was a photographer back then, back in Japan. But it's just wonderful. And they're up on Facebook every day. I mean, every day you're going to get a dozen pictures first thing in the morning because he's in a different time zone. And I'm just continually hitting like, like, like. And then there's John. And John Meadows doing his portraits and his interesting work with developing the film. This is not digital. He's going back old school film. Well, some digital stuff. Some effects. Some models. Some people. Some parks. Some outdoors. Some... 
nature, some geometric patterns. And they're wonderful to look at. Wow. And then you've got Gary. Gary Crawford, formerly of Chub Creek Podcast. And Gary's half of crazy ones on Facebook are nutty pictures of Gary's face, you know, doing something. But others of absolutely stunning nature pictures in the parks and the scenery around him. And all these people are just creating wonderful work. But it's not that one particular picture has to win a prize and be, okay, here's a success. Here's the one that's going to make a lot of money, that's going to sell the one photo. It's that they're just continually creating and putting out things and it's a steady stream. And it isn't important that one is better or not as good as another one or anything else. The fact is they are creating. It's this process. It's this continual seeing and capturing And I think this is where I get hung up on sometimes because I'm always disappointed. I put out the zine. I was so pleased. It was so much fun. It looks good. Wow. Well, what's the point? And, you know, it just doesn't measure up. It's not special enough. It's not not this thing. And it's the same that I used to feel about the podcasting. Always there has to be something great. Wow. Did you hear that one podcast that answered all the questions everybody has ever asked for all time? The answer is here. It's not there. There isn't such a thing. And I have to be more accepting of myself that mediocrity is okay. The podcasts are just what they are. It's the fun of doing it. The fun I'm having this very moment as I'm trying to capture thoughts and ideas and and share them with you. Put them in words that you'll say, yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. Sometimes I feel that way too. (sighs) 21 minutes. I'm going to stop because I wasn't even going to start, but I'm kind of glad I did now because I did have to get that out there. Self-doubts, me in relation to others. Why compare? Why am I always comparing what I do, what I produce, what I don't do. Why does it have to be in measure against something else? That's what we're getting at. That was the theme here. Is measuring up. Forget it. Just do what you do. And enjoy the doing. All right. So that's it. It's now, thanks to Daylight Savings Times, or losing Daylight Savings Times, it's now gone back to 420 I'm going to go home. I got a bottle of Spanish red wine that I'm just dying to pop open. And uh, some uh, wonderful Korean barbecue ribs that I might get my son to cook because he's good at it. And uh, we'll have a supper and maybe watch a little television. And uh, It's a Sunday night at home. I mentioned last night was my hour anniversary, 29 years. And it was kind of nice. My wife made this wonderful tonkatsu dinner, you know, breaded, deep-fried pork chops. She's just so good at that. And uh, they weren't deep-fried, breaded pork chops, cutlets, pork cutlets, and rice. And it was just delicious. And we sat together and we watched a scary movie or what was supposed to be a scary movie, but it was crazy. Halloween 3 of one of the most ridiculous pictures I have ever seen in my life. It did not make any sense. A man's plan to kill millions of children? It was nuts. Uh, But anyway, 
it was instead of us going out and me thinking, well, it's tradition says I got to take my wife at the dinner, buy her a bouquet of roses and so on. We didn't do that. And I don't think my wife wanted that. It wasn't that she had to cook, that she wanted to cook. And the three of us sat together and I think it gave her some degree of pleasure and satisfaction that we just shared quite nicely at home together, herself, myself and our son. All right. Time to stop. Enjoy this next tune because I'm going to put one in here right now. In the LPC, it's kind of hard being Snoop D O double G, but I somehow, some way, keep coming up with funky ass shit every single day. I got bitches in the living room getting it on, and they ain't leaving till six in the morning. So we gonna smoke an ounce to this, cheese up, hose down, while you motherfuckers bound. Down the street, smoking in dough, sipping on gin and juice. Lay back with my mind on my money and my money on my mind. Rolling down the street, smoking in dough, sipping on gin and juice. Lay back with my mind on my money and my money on my bank. Said girl, that's just how it goes. I don't love you, hoes. I'm out the door, and I'll be rolling down the street, smoking Indo, sipping on gin and juice. Lay back with my mind on my money and my money on my mind, rolling down the street, smoking Indo, sipping on gin and juice. to uh, let the wave noise fill in the background and uh, hopefully not too much wind. It's a gorgeous fall day. I just cannot believe. Uh, Tuesday, what is it? October? No. Yeah, October. Something early. Fifth around there. Fourth. Third. It, it, one of those days when I looked out the window this morning, when I pulled back the curtains and looked out the window, I thought, man, I'm not doing any work today. I just got to go out in that sunshine because we're not going to get many more days like this. Uh, it, 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 to feel the warmth sunshine in your face, it is one of the great pleasures in life. And I don't know if everybody gets that or celebrates that. I always have. I used to. I pretended to one strange time in my life when I was trying to make up my own religion 
Of course, I chose the sun as being the god, and I would stand always out in nature on the edge of a cliff or, you know, somewhere in a clearing and raise my hands up to uh, to the sun. Now, I didn't worship it. I didn't believe it. I just thought it was kind of cool to say, hey, if you're going to pick a god, we owe the sun a great deal. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, I've uh, I've got six minutes left on the latest Marshall McLuhan uh, Variety Hour. It's a, it's a dandy episode. It's always been a good show. And I'm not just saying that because this week featured uh, the Barstool Buddha and um, Barnacle Bill as the uh, musicians. Uh, that was very funny to hear that, and uh, including Dave going out as a rock for Halloween. Inside jokes, but uh, I, I get it and I appreciate it, and... Uh, I'm going to have to share that with uh, with both of them, although neither of them will listen. I've got an appointment this afternoon. This is the only thing holding me back. It's almost noon, and I've got to get to this uh, thing on... God, I hope I brought the papers with me. I was supposed to. Jesus, that was the one thing I had to remember, was to bring my prescription meds... And, oh, here it is. Here's the prescription meds. Uh, This alternative thing I might have mentioned for uh, a marijuana study. You know, there it is, all crumpled up. I saw it in a a paper. Medical marijuana study. The Toronto Polyclinic is conducting an ethics board-approved study on effects and safety of medical marijuana for chronic non-cancer pain conditions. Well, that's me. If you have a chronic pain and other available treatments have not helped your condition, you may be eligible to participate. Now, the pills I'm taking do help, so maybe that makes me ineligible, but I thought it was worth going to see anyway. Uh, Basically, what I want is just a a permit before pot's legalized to say I can take this stuff. And, And I'd certainly enjoy free samples. I don't know what I'll get out of this, if any. But uh, that's the chore for the afternoon, and it's, uh, it's way up Young Street, so uh, it's a long drive and whatnot. But anyway, that's for later. This is now, this is just absolutely beautiful to be sitting here. To have this park, Bluffers Park, so close to where I live, and to be able to visit it any time I want, morning, noon, evening, all seasons... I'm at, I, I made a point today of not just sitting in the usual parking lot, but actually to take a little bit of a walk. And uh, I've got to do this more often. I'm at the point where you have the best view of the bluffs. And uh, it's a lovely little trail, and it's quiet, of course. A few people out with dogs. <sighs> I had things to say, but I'm, I'm sort of in this strange state of things that I want to write for the Dixon Jane zine sort of rise to the surface, like our Oath of Allegiance, which will be in the next issue, uh, which is in preparation. Now, I realized I'm going to have to send it out before I leave. I leave December 28th for Australia. And instead of waiting till mid-February when I finally get back to Toronto, um, I can have it done and mailed, like, just after Christmas. So it'll take a while to get through that Christmas rush. People probably get it early in the new year, but that counts as a winter 2016 issue. 
So I'm going to have to uh, hustle a bit and uh, tell people, hey, speed it up. But already I've got submissions. Uh, John and Jason have already right in there, and I've already placed their stuff, and I've got a few ideas of my own. But I'm, uh, last message for any of you out there who have not contributed yet. Hey, 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 hey. Now's the time. That goes to you, Shane Burley, who will receive your copy sometime this week. I uh, would like to hear from you. All right. Uh, so what I'm saying is I'm sort of a little preoccupied with the zine, and it's sort of throwing me off the podcast because I don't want too much of an overlap. Uh, but it's nice to have both. I did think about one topic which if I was going to talk about would be a good one, and that was my grade 11 classic. Suddenly, something came up. I think it was the assignment I had to do in class. Uh, We were told to read an essay, and then we had to sit in sort of panels in the front of the classroom and do a presentation on the essay. And I know I did mention this years ago in Dixon Jane's, so uh, all of you have forgotten. Uh... And I didn't remember what I said or why I brought it up. But I was given a, a, a story called On Lying in Bed. And it was one of these creative essays about the joys of just doing nothing. And I should have been... I should have aced it. I should have really made an effort to... Because it it was what I believed in. The guy was just imagining lying on the back of his bed and painting something up on the ceiling and so on. I should look up the essay. Uh, but that was my topic. And everybody else kind of brown-nosed it, got up there and did what the teacher wanted them to do, and wrapped this and prepared that. And I winged the entire thing. I didn't do it. I just bullshitted my way through. I sort of said it was just a complete waste of time. But somehow, I think on some level, not on my conscious mind, but on an unconscious level, I think I actually got it. And my presentation was actually probably a reflection of the essay. Like, hey, don't fucking wait, make me do an assignment what's the point of that I don't know whatever it was the teacher Jack Place my all time favorite teacher I had for two years because I repeated grade 11 voluntarily but I did um, gave me an A like he got it he saw okay gee Ken at least is uh expressing himself in his own way and maybe that was a little bit about the the essay I don't know I I was quite proud of that because I didn't have many uh, successful moments in high school and and many of the moments I had were either cruel and mean or uh, just plain stupid or or even partly never afraid because the tough guys all kind of liked me I wasn't one of them I was just this oddball was not a jock was not a brain uh, but, you know, had a little bit of character somehow. Uh, so that was one. The reason I repeated grade 11 was I just, I was lazy. I did not, from the beginning of time, I thought homework was a grave injustice. I never did homework. And so I just took a chance when I passed. And sometimes I passed and sometimes I didn't. Some concepts I was not very good at. Uh, I wasn't a great student until I hit university and realized it was fun to study and learn uh, and write. But in high school, I'd have none of that. So I I barely scraped through. I think you needed your Quebec high school leaving. And uh, I somehow scraped through the first year and realized I really wasn't mature enough to leave. And there were quite a few of us who did the four years of high school. It was grade 8, 9, 10, 11 back in those days. Uh, Ontario went up to grade 12. We didn't. We stopped at 11. 
But you could go to grade 12, which counted as first year university, and you can get in the second year. So I tried grade 12 after my second year in grade 11, lasted three months, quit because it was just like being back in high school, which is exactly what it was, and it required work and a slide rule, and I had never even held a slide rule in my hand before. So I knew there was no way I was going to pass. The only good thing was I took English, and our English teacher, this is, you know, we're talking 1966 here, um, came in in a black cape. Like, these were the days. This guy was cool. And um, the English I would have aced and really enjoyed, but um, I quit. One of my first adult decisions, Mom, Dad, I'm quitting, and got my job uh, with the CNR, the Canadian National Railways, in their head office as a, uh, a junior clerk which was great because it set me up for the next several years. I always had a summer job with the Grenadian, with the CN, Canadian National. Uh, but back to high school, um, that essay, the stupid things I did, the good friends I have, several of whom are Dixon Jane's readers, the core actually of Dixon Jane's readers, went to Lachine High, my high school. That's how it all started. That was the connection. And, and so that, there is some significance to that. Uh, the second year, I was sort of the the class president, which just maybe read, maybe it meant you read out announcements. I didn't really do anything, but I had a place. I belonged. Uh, the girls liked me. I was popular. I was cute in my own way, uh, but a bit slow, a bit immature, you know. I mean, I wasn't getting laid in high school, um, and I didn't smoke weed till I left, till 67, the year, I, the year after I left. I did, I guess, probably have my first drinks back then. Yeah, yeah, I was drinking by 16. Uh, at the El Paso and Lachine, 16, 17, 18. And I hung around with friends. The good thing is, three of the friends who used to be reading this thing, and two of them will be, continue to be reading Dixon Jeans, were much more mature than me and grown up. And so I was lucky enough that I chose friends that I could actually learn from. And that was a good thing. That was a very, very good thing. Uh, the other point that came up was the um, books that this Jack Place assigned us. He was our English teacher, and I loved him. Uh, he assigned um, The Cruel Sea. And, and, well, he didn't assign it. It was you know, on the prescribed list of books to study in grade 11. The Cruel Sea by Nicholas Montserrat. And the public school board of... Uh, the Protestant school board of Greater Montreal, in its wisdom gave us censored copies of books. They thought there were certain passages or words we should not be exposed to. Very, very conservative. And so took out a scene in The Cruel Sea where two men were dying. You know, the boat's gone down. This is World War II. They're, they've been torpedoed. They're going to die in the cold, dark sea. And two of the men are sort of holding on to each other for comfort. And I think the uh, people who edited and chose the books, sort of took out that passage, thinking it might have been open to misinterpretation or something, or two men holding and hugging and getting comfort from each other. And our teacher, to his credit, Jack Place, said, I recommend you go out and just buy a copy of the book and don't read the one that the school board is asking you to read. Read the real thing. And I think that's stayed with me forever. And I think that's a reflection I like on this podcast. I hope that it shows up in the Dixon Jane zine. Be real. Avoid the bullshit. This idea of censoring, of avoiding certain topics, what absolute 
nonsense, how ridiculous, how insulting, how offensive censorship can be. Um, And I read that book with so much greater appreciation, and I really thank him forever. He also introduced us to E.E. E. Cummings. He was a real person. He's still, I believe, still alive. I had an opportunity to see him. Uh, once, one of the readers, dear Mike, out in uh, Beaconsfield, Quebec, invited him and his wife to uh, their basement before they were heading off to uh, uh, France to live for a year. And it was kind of a thrill. We were out of high school. I think we were in university by then to actually have Jack Place come to Mike's for uh, a drink and just a, a chance to meet. And it was very, very decent of him to actually take up the invitation. Uh, he lived in Lachine, where we all did. Uh, so anyway, that was a bit of Lachine. I, gee, I thought I had many, many more stories to share, but I don't want to go on too long. I wanted to keep this short because uh, I've got to get home, get something to eat, and head off to that appointment. To find out if I can be prescribed medical marijuana. Whoa. Um, So that's it. Yeah. I'll get back to you. Remind me to come back to that theme of high school. I think it is something worth talking about. And we're talking about the 60s. I remember uh, one of the girls... I don't want to go there. I avoid avoid the topic of sex as overall on these podcasts. Because it's, it's a road once you go down. Oh, my God. Where where are the limits? Where are the lines? And here I am, right back to the topic of censorship, just which I said was so evil and wicked. But I do censor myself on that. There are a lot of stories that maybe some of the people are still living. You don't want to uh, share those things. That would be one thing. And, and do you go only part way down that road, or do you go all the way? And what's the point? So either just avoid the topic altogether. I think that's a more uh, practical approach. Uh, but anyway, that led me to... A student handing in the lyrics to uh, The Gates of Eden, the flip side of Like a Rolling Stone that Bob Dylan put out as a 45. And so it was just the beginning, you know, of an awareness of this guy out there and Bob Dylan and stuff, like weird stuff that you might not understand the words to, but was kind of cool. But most of my high school was taken up by The Beatles because there was an innocence and a beauty and a love. And as we left, as The Beatles changed and we were out of high school, that's when we got into the drugs. And uh, they became our true gurus in high school. It was just the Beatles as the Beatles, the young guys with the long hair, the same Beatles that I saw at the Montreal Forum in 1965. Or was it 64? 65, I guess. No, 64, I guess. Also seeing the Rolling Stones in the Montreal Forum around that same time, probably then it was 65. And damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Why did I not save those ticket stubs? All right. Ending on that note. So, uh... Thanks for listening, as always, to uh, Baby Sally Talks. There's a lot more we have to do. I'm getting to episode 100. Here's the plan. I may as well spill the beans now for anybody listening. I'm getting to episode 100 of uh, Baby Sally Talks, or maybe even 99, and then, bam, it clicks over to uh, Dixon Jeans 600. All right? That's it. So, secrets out. Bye for now.
Let's get going. We got uh, lots to cover in this clip. I'm sitting in Bluffers Park. Uh, no, I'm not sitting in Bluffers Park. I'm sitting in Thompson Park uh, because it's another glorious fall day here. It's just unbelievable for November 4th uh, to have such fantastic warm weather. I'm actually hot in my uh, jacket. I'm wearing my leather jacket that Shane gave me. But uh, enjoying it and enjoying the beautiful view. I mean, it's all kinds of trees here. A lot of maples, and the maples are just, they've fallen. The ground is covered in these beautiful leaves. And it's, it's just a glorious time of year. Absolutely my favorite. And just as I was thinking that, this little dark sub-thought crept into my mind. And thought, yeah, you got to keep counting them, boy. Because... It's not like years, you know. Somehow it's more... Much more finite when you think in terms of how many falls have I got left. How many more of these am I going to enjoy? You know, and you could put a, a not such a large number on that and feel, holy Christ, man, I better fucking enjoy this one. Uh, and I am. And today is a day of celebration, 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 glory be. Uh, and I'll tell you why. We have a new prime minister and a new cabinet sworn in today. It was broadcast, of course, on CBC and all the other news stations. Um, and it's something to really be proud of as a Canadian. Uh, first of all, the first cabinet of 30 
people. This is the inner circle who, who make big decisions responsible for an awful lot of the direction the country will go in is 15 men and 15 women. He promised one of his election platform promises was, uh, you know, half women, and it is. And a really interesting mix. I, and one of the things that, all, that brought a, a little tear to my eye, I confess, was seeing a man in a turban. Uh, I can't remember his name, although, of course, it's someone, someone sing. Um, sworn in as... A very important post. Uh, was it security or... God damn it, I'm sorry. Uh, and I, I, what I vowed was I'm not going to go through the whole list. I'm not giving you a detailed list. You Google that. Uh, and anybody who's Canadian will already know all this stuff. Uh, but that particular man had a, had a, was a highest Sikh in our Canadian military when he retired there. was a police force for another... 10, 11, 12 years or something. And uh, so it's not just appointing somebody because they are, air quotes, visible minority, but because the, these are very qualified people and representative of the Canada we live in today. And for Canadians, it's such a relief to be over Harper and the Harper Conservative government. I don't, I, I don't think a lot of Americans or, or other people outside the country will really understand. It's not just, you voted for this party, you voted for that party. It's actually a change in philosophy and outlook and leadership style in, in direction and just the overall feeling of what is it to be a Canadian. And it was crippling under Harper for those of us who are not of that mindset. Um, it just, it was, it was dark. You know, not dark the way some countries get that people are being brought into arenas and mowed down with machine guns, but dark nonetheless. And today was just like I felt when Obama was elected president. This this hope. But the thing is, I think we have a much easier time, given our system of government, given his majority in parliament, of achieving... Uh, most, if not all, of the things he's going to set out to do. Uh, it's just really, really cool. I think uh, everybody's laughing. Our Minister of Transportation has actually been out in space as an astronaut. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, too. Uh, there are Aboriginal people. There, there's just this wonderful mix uh, and people lined up outside the Governor General's house where, they, where this took place to cheer on the new government and to be in Ottawa for this very special time. So I'm, I'm going to drop that there. I'm, I'm, this is not going to be about that. I mean, I could go on for hours about this. and uh, But I think you'll get this kind of news from all over the Internet and from other podcasts. Uh, perhaps I look forward to hearing Anthony and Dave pick over the... Uh, the choices and the, and their reflections on uh, their What's Left podcast. I assume they will. Of course they will. Uh, but it just, it, it's like a weight has been lifted. And, and it's really weird. Like, it, I wasn't directly impacted by decisions Harper made. But I felt it all the time, his, his approach. Like, it was like, I don't want that man representing me to the rest of the world. That was it. I don't want him. I don't want people to look at our Prime Minister, Harper, and say, that's Canada. 
But I'm absolutely delighted and proud to have Trudeau as our Prime Minister. Uh, now, prior to this, I mean, probably only a few episodes ago, I was saying crazy things like, well, I'd like to see a uh, um, Thomas Mulcair as Prime Minister with a minority government and, and, and uh, liberal support, or vice versa, Trudeau meeting the uh, NDP. But now I am very, very happy about the way it's turned out, and uh, that is as it should be. Bunch of kids going by. Kind of cute. It's just, oh, they're just little kids holding hands in twos, you know, being led through the park on a beautiful fall day, I guess, from a local school. It's so wonderful to see, you know, little kids, four or five, I guess. Maybe senior kindergarten. It's just all holding hands in pairs. And again, it is that multicultural mix where the kids simply don't care. They're just friends and buddies. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And, and that's how I feel today. And I, I should just stop here on this beautiful note because very often I, uh, I take you to darker places. Uh, but uh, let me get on. Let me go on. There, there's a couple of other things I'm celebrating today. Um, <laughs> I know one, but I'm sure there were three things I really want to talk about. Oh, yes. The Dixon Jane zine. I'm already, I've decided the only hope is to put the winter edition out before. That'll be winter uh, 2016. That'll be volume 20, number two. Put it out before I leave for Australia on December 28th. So I'm picking up the pace a little and asking anybody who's listening to this who has already contributed uh, writing or was thinking about doing it any time now would be a good time up until mid-December, you know, it doesn't have to be today or even this weekend but certainly by by December 15th would be wonderful so that message is out there I did something else, Uh, it was a beautiful day and I told Dave Delaney, our friend in uh, Nashville that I was just going to go out for the whole day. Well, I didn't. I sat at my computer upstairs and invoiced myself for Dixon Janes uh, to try out the system. I've set up a PayPal account under Dixon Janes. It goes into the money will go into my personal account. Um, and I sent a trial out to Barnacle Bill oh, um, when I first did this. The first day I did it, just a test. Today I actually invoiced Ken Bowl for receiving Dixon Janes uh, via PayPal. I got an invoice in the mail. It, it, got, it got a little confusing, like sending one out, getting one back at a different email account with an invoice for $12 for a Canadian subscription, one-year subscription at Dixon Janes, and then paid the invoice and got notice that the invoice had been sent uh, and uh, It'll show up on my American Express card because you don't have to do it through PayPal. I could have, but uh, instead I, uh, I used my MX card to pay for it. So I'm just curious to know what charges I'll be dinged with or what I'll be what will be missing, what will be added on. I don't know. So it's convenient. So this is just to say that shortly after this podcast, probably early next week, probably this possibly this weekend, if you're listening and you have received a copy of Dixon Jane's in the mail. Uh, as you may have requested, or may I, or I may have foisted upon you, 
uh, you will also be getting an invoice. And, of course, that's totally up to you to decide, no, I don't want this anymore. Thanks for the free copy. But uh, this really doesn't interest me. And it certainly is not worth $12, 16 or $20, depending on where you live. Uh, and that's fine. That's your choice. You won't get another one. Fuck you. Fuck you. Don't pay me to almost quote somebody else. Uh, but I hope some of you do. I just I did mention it cost me so far $162.45 just to get uh, the photocopying done and uh, the postage, which is expensive, and uh, some envelopes. But, you know, and so I calculated I will lose money even if everybody who's getting an overseas copy actually paid $20. I'd still lose money, but that's okay. It's worth having overseas readers. Um, and the rest of you, it's sort of break even. <clears throat> so um, that was the second bit of news, and it was kind of—I mean, it was actually fun doing this. I spent the whole day also, not only that, but also just tweaking and twerking the the Dixon Jane zine. I love it. It's set up, ready to be printed, like two pages facing each other. Uh, and I'm just adding little bits here and there. And what happens is I start filling it up from things I might see. And some might come from the Internet. Some, most comes from books I'm reading. I just found a great quote from Henry Miller from uh, Wisdom of the Heart. And there's a beautiful, for me, um, coming together of the podcast and the printed word. It, it's just giving me just so much satisfaction because you know, if you've heard me, how much I love Henry Miller and, and worship him and, and wish that other people did. And to be able to actually include his words and, and of his and, and Kerouac and Timothy Leary and all my other heroes to actually put them out in print and force them on the readers. Uh, it's a great, great feeling. It, it makes me feel something satisfying. Now, that's in addition to, of course, what I really want are the readers, the unique yous out there, sending in your ideas, your thoughts, your words, your, your, your writings, whatever it is you feel you want to contribute to this joint effort. And, of course, that's a nice bridge to take me to the third topic, joint effort, I said. Yesterday I went to that um, special appointment I had at the an, another pain clinic. You know that I'm on pain meds for uh, my back, and I, and I don't want to stay on those. It's it's a pain remembering to take them three times a day. They work. They're effective. I don't have pain. Um, but this was a study on the effects of marijuana on pain control. And I went in not sure what to expect. In fact, I was pretty skeptical. And I went in, and you're, they give you a stack of papers to fill up to find out if you're an alcoholic, a drug abuser, or, you know, how often do you drink, and, and have you ever missed work because of it, uh, family history, and, and a lot of stuff that you would expect that you're going to fill out. And then you go in for a little interview, and the interview was wonderful. The woman did it very, very nicely of just, you know, do you want, what do you understand about marijuana was, was part of it, you know, and she did a great explanation and explained how the process works. Um, and then after that, you see the doctor, and he was a very good doctor, and right away he recognized, oh, you've got drop foot. Now, my own doctor, who I sometimes think is on... Uh, what do you call it, downers or just mellow outers, 
<laughs> he noticed the funny walk, but he didn't come down with that term drop foot. It is drop foot, which means a nerve isn't working somewhere in my leg, in my back. And it could be permanent. Like I will forever, as long as I'm walking, be stomping down on my left foot because the nerves just aren't sending the message properly. Uh, and he said, you know, have you had any injections for that? And I said, no. So I was kind of impressed that not only was he there to kind of interview and, and test my reflexes and overall health, but to sort of give me a little bit of advice about this walking problem I've got, which was not what I was there for. And I, I greatly appreciated that. And he was a very, very nice guy. Um, and wants, of course, a, a copy of my MRI sent to him and so on. So I, I'm pleased. Wow. So I've got to follow up on this because I do not want to be stomping you know, for the rest of my life. It may be too late. The damage may be done. The nerve is dead. Uh, but there may be some way of rejuvenating it. I don't know. But the good news is, the, the thing I'm happy to celebrate, I'm getting my permit. My permit for smoking marijuana or consuming marijuana in any way I choose to is coming in the mail. Yes, I am now a licensed pot smoker. I will be as soon as this, this thing comes through. I am approved. This is this is a thrill. This is something. I just saw this ad in the newspaper in passing, you know, this medical marijuana study. So I'll just follow up on that the same way when I saw uh, this article in the Toronto Star about this church, the West Hill United, that I checked it out. So I'm thinking there's a third thing going to come along. Uh, that I'm going to see in writing somewhere. And there's going to be a message sending me in a direction that's going to be good for me because the church has been good for me. Uh, this idea that after this certificate comes, I get to go online, order up to a gram a day, so uh, 30 grams, that's just an ounce of weed, but that's fine for starters. I can get more if I need it. Uh, and there are several strains from this company, and I get to actually choose the percentage of TSE, the balance between, um, oh, what is it, sativa, sativa indica, is that it? The balance between those two because they have different effects. Another uh, component is what serves as, can serve as a, a sedative or a, an antidepressant uh, or stimulant, the opposite, depending on, again, the ratios. So they have carefully, this company who is providing medical marijuana, is doing it properly. They have got various strains in each one with its own properties. And of course, when I had the interview, she said, well, you know, you can pick and choose. You can order some of this and some of that, and it will be discreetly sent to me in an unmarked envelope. Uh, you know, I have to carry my card at all times when I'm consuming. Uh, we talked a little bit about making cookies or brownies and what's involved in that. Uh, wonderful. What a fucking country. What a fucking wonderful country. So, boys and girls, I, I remember in Ottawa at, um, was it Ottawa? Might have been. Sylvain was there. Mark was there. Way, way back. Uh, God. Ottawa, Toronto, or Kingston? I don't know. It was an early, I'm pretty sure, pap gathering because Mark was there. When I met somebody. Yeah, anyway, never mind. Um, and I had joked with Mark because I was just stepping out for two. And I said, oh, don't worry, I'm, better, I'm licensed. And, of course, I wasn't, but now I will be. It's not going to make a whole lot of difference. I don't think I will be, well, foolish of me to say, I don't think I'll be smoking more than I am now. Because well, the whole point of it is, 
to control the pain by kind of forgetting about it. Anyway, I just thought I, I'm delighted to share that with you. To me, this is this is big news. This, this is something big, and uh, my wife is not thrilled about the news, uh, and I'm I can understand why. My son thought it was kind of cool, but I've just got to be damn sure he doesn't intersect the packages that come in the mail. So that's uh, that's what I wanted to share with you today on this glorious, beautiful, sunshine day with clear blue skies up above and the leaves, those that are left on the trees, bright and yellow. It's fabulous. It's a great day to be alive. It's a great day to be a Canadian. It's a great day to be a pothead. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye for now. Well, this is kind of funny. It's uh, probably only five minutes since I made that last clip you just heard about the uh, finding these, looking for signposts. And I got driven away from that beautiful spot because all kinds of cars are going up. I think there sometimes there's weddings and church services and all kind of churchy-looking middle-class people were showing up in their vans, and it just bugs me. I didn't belong there anymore, and I got driven out, and uh, I will get to the driven-away-from-your-spot story a little later on. That one was more fun. That took place in the Temple of Mexico, but uh, I digress. I realized just now that I'm doing these podcasts because I have to do them. I, I, it's an overpowering urge. I just have to. It's not that I need to. or that, Well, yes, it is I need to. Uh, what am I saying? I'm saying that I really want to, and maybe that's what I'm afraid of. I'm a little bit afraid that they're going to become too important to me, that I'm going to need you, the listener, too much. I'm going to need to keep doing them, and that's what I'm afraid of, and maybe that's why I'm talking about stopping it's like a a drug habit that no man you got you got to quit you got to give up you got to let go and i'm afraid that i won't be able to stop doing the podcast i know that's got to sound so damn stupid but i'm afraid it's going to be too important to me and too much of who i am and my sense of identity and self-worth and everything else is going to be tied up in these podcasts. And I'm scared shitless of that happening, that this will become who I am, this disconnected voice coming to you from the dark, from the ether, will be just too damn important. And... Um, I don't want to let that happen. I'm afraid to let that happen. I'm afraid of what that means.